focus here. Um, we've been in a series these last four weeks called what? Well, the answer's kind of there, so <laughs> it's made for this. And we've been talking about prayer, right? We've been talking about prayer on Sundays, on Wednesdays. We are just in this deep dive. We're going to continue over the next little bit as well. And, um, man, we're, we're going to be uh, just in this for the next few weeks. And um, anyway, sorry, my best friend is calling me. Like, he should know where I'm at. Hunter, if you ever watch this, just know I'm preaching right now. Anyway, <laughs> oh, I could. If he calls again, I totally will. Anyway, as long as I'm not like, as long as I'm not like in, in the deep thick of everything. But uh, anyway, don't go. D- <laughs> this one is like, just don't go deep. It's not that hard. Just, <laughs> no, that's not how we're doing this. All right. So we know this, right? Everybody kind of focus in. We know this. We know prayer is important, right? That's an easy thing to grab onto. Prayer is important. Everybody say prayer is important. Prayer is important. It's essential in the life of a Christian. It is what connects us with God. But in desperate times, everybody uses prayer. Not just Christians, not just believers, not just people who have put their faith, hope in Jesus. Everybody begins to pray, right? I know you've never done this. How many people have ever prayed for your sports team before? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we've been there. Yeah. All right. And I know you guys, no, not, well, yeah, maybe. Or, or how many people were praying for the Spider-Man trailer to come out? <laughs> right? Like straight up. Yeah. Uh, you guys are a little too young for this. Maybe your parents, you should, go, you should go ask your parents when you go home. Be like, hey, mom, dad, grandpa, grandma, guardian, parental. Uh, hey, um, have you ever prayed to win the lottery? You should ask them that and see what they say. Because if they say yes, then you need to pray for them. Because uh, they haven't, no, I'm kidding. Don't do that. I'm not saying that at all. But there's tons of people who don't believe in Jesus, who aren't Christians, who haven't put their faith in him. But in desperate times, they begin to pray to him. And um, doesn't matter kind of what it is. They just, they just, that's their answer. And so I thought it would be hilarious. I don't have them up here, but you'll just have to trust me. I found a Twitter account, a Twitter handle. Who's on Twitter? Anybody on? No? Yeah. Yeah, Twitter's like more for my, pe- my age, I guess. I'm 25. I'm not old. Anyway. So I found this. I found this this article that was examining. Pay attention. Pay attention. I was. I found this article that was examining people who prayed um, on Twitter because there is a Twitter handle that it. You know how the the handles the at sign or whatever. There's a Twitter account called at God. Okay. Uh, let me just put a disclaimer here. Don't tweet at God. God can't answer prayers via Twitter or via Instagram, just so you know, he doesn't, he doesn't slide in your DMs there and, and do all that. So, but check this out. There was somebody who tweeted at God on Twitter and said this, dear God, let me win tonight's mega millions lotto so I can prove that money can buy happiness. Please at God, help me win to win the, the, the mega millions. I need to win because I need to prove that money can buy happiness. So what was hilarious, what was hilarious is the at God Twitter handle never responded, (laughs) right? And so like hours go by, hours go by, and 
they tweet at themselves, the, the person who is asking uh, the, the Twitter handle for, to win the, the, the lottery, they tweeted back after a, a few hours and they said, hey, 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 why didn't you answer my prayer this morning about winning the lottery? And then that's when the at God Twitter handle responded. <laughs> the at God Twitter handle said, it was absolutely completely answered. No. <laughs> so like people were doing that. There was actually, there was actually a story in this, um, uh, in this uh, it was called Mega Millions Jackpot, Lord Hear Our Prayers. It's, it's on theinquirer.com. And it was sharing stories of people who have legitimately prayed to win the lottery. And there was a story, and, and I don't even believe this for myself, but it's in a news article, so you know it must be true, right? Like that's <laughs> not always the case. Anyway, there was a woman named Gina who was praying in a prayer circle. And this was what somebody else quoted Gina as praying in this prayer circle. Lord, Lord, I know that I'm not worthy to you. I know that I have sins. I'm not a perfect one, but I am here begging you to help us overcome all of our financial difficulties. Help us win the lottery even only once and help us get our money back and also help those who have done wrong to us. Thank you, oh Lord. That was said in a prayer circle with people who were praying to God. Like, people get desperate, and people pray some really weird things. And like I said, don't tweet at the God uh, account because God can't answer prayers via Twitter, just so you know. <laughs> you can do it. It's just not going to do anything. So here's the thing. Establishing that people, even in desperate times, even if they don't believe, they pray to God and they pray for things. How do we become that desperate in our prayers, right? How, how, how do we take the passion and commitment of somebody who wants to win the lottery and how do we apply that to our life? Because here's the cool thing. I don't know if you know this. If you don't, I want to tell you this. We believe in Jesus. We believe that God answers prayers. We believe that we can actually ask him things and receive from him. That's a really cool thing. We don't have to worry about a Twitter handle responding back to our tweet or our Instagram post. So how, should, how can we take that confidence and that like desperation and start to use it for the kingdom? Because here's the thing. We should be the most fearless prayer warriors that are out there. We, we just should. Like, we, we know, a per, we have a personal relationship with God. We should be praying fearlessly. So how do we become that confident as the sports fan who's praying for their team to win? Patriots are going to win the Super Bowl, just so you know. Um, everybody said, oh. But, like, how do you pray that confidently? How do you pray for, like that person who's waiting to win the lottery and win the, the mega millions? How do we pray like that? Prayer is a, a powerful tool in the believer's arsenal. But we have to know that, right? We should all desire to pray fearlessly. But how do we pray confidently and boldly so that we won't walk in defeat when something it gets hard, right? Because sometimes things get hard and things get tough. And it's hard to, to actually pray prayers and really believe them, right? Have you ever prayed a prayer and you're just like, well, here goes nothing. Dear Lord, help this. <laughs> yeah, it happens. But how, how can we change and shift that to where we know, even in the midst of what we're looking at and facing, like, hey, we know that we got victory. We know that God is going to come through. We know that God is going to answer our prayers. If you guys want to, go with me to 2 Kings chapter 19. 
2 King chapter 19. And uh, we're going to be reading about a guy named Hezekiah. Okay? Everybody say Hezekiah. It's a fun name to say. So Hezekiah is the king of Judah. All right? And he has received a, a letter from... Uh, Oh, man, I always, always mess up on this. Bible, Bible kids, anybody know uh, the king of Assyria, what his name was? Sinina Quib. I always mispronounce it. I'll just say the king of, yeah, go ahead, try to pronounce that. Because I know if I hear it, I'll hear it right. Sinachir, yeah, yep. Yeah. Huh? What up? Oh, the king. <laughs> it's not up there yet, but if you, the, for my people who brought their Bibles or are looking at it on, on a device somewhere. So that's how we'll go. So here's the thing. So the king of Judah, Hezekiah, has received a letter from the king of Assyria. And the king of Assyria is basically like, hey, what up, dude? No, I'm kidding. He said, hey, uh, we have been taking out nation after nation after nation after nation after nation, and we're coming for you next. Not only were they taking out all these nations, but they were going and they were actually stealing and ripping the false gods that they had. And they were tearing them down and they were burning them. Because they were like, hey, your God's nothing, your God's nothing, your God's nothing, your God's nothing. Like just constantly going through and just humiliating all of these nations. Well, guess what? King of Judah, the, the tribe of Judah, the country, the nation of Judah, guess who their God was? God. Yahweh. Our God. God of the Old Testament, the God that we read about all the way through who was doing some really awesome things. And they're like, hey, we're going to come for your nation of Judah. We're going to wreck it. And then we're going to do the exact same thing that we did to all these other gods. They were constantly taunting them. They were constantly threatening them. And it got like annoying after a while. And so Hezekiah is basically getting bullied by these Assyrians they're just writing letter after letter. Hey, we're coming for you. We're coming for you. We're coming for you. We're coming for you. And naturally, they were mocking God in the same way that they were mocking all these other lowercase gods. And so Hezekiah does something really cool. And I think that it, it serves as the model of how we can pray fearlessly. Who wants to pray fearlessly when you pray, right? Yeah. So this is what it says. 2 Kings chapter 19, verse 14. It says, Hezekiah received a letter from the messengers, and he read it, right? These are all these letters that they're sending him. Then he went up to the temple of the Lord, and he spread it out before the Lord. And Hezekiah prayed to the Lord, Lord, God of Israel, enthroned between the cherubim, you alone are God over all the kingdoms of the earth. You made heaven and earth. Give ear, Lord, and hear. Open eyes, Lord, and see. Listen to the words that the king of Assyria has sent to ridicule the living God. It is true, Lord, that the Assyrian kings have laid waste to these nations and their lands. And they have thrown their gods into the fire and destroyed them, for they were not gods, but only wood and stone fashioned by human hands. Now, Lord, our God, deliver us from his hand, so that all the kingdoms, everybody say all the kingdoms, all the kingdoms of the earth may know that you alone, Lord, are God. Let's pray before we get into this, but um, 
I just want to do that, and then we'll, we'll kind of unpack this because it's such a cool model. Lord, I just thank you so much for your word. I thank you so much that we can read, that we can uh, be able to learn, that we can just trust you. Lord, I pray as we close this series on, on being made for this, that we would really understand these, these different elements uh, of, of how we're supposed to pray, the purpose of our prayers, drawing closer, being called to pray, and Lord, praying fearlessly. Lord, I pray that you would just bless the rest of our time together. I thank you for the worship. I thank you for these students that are engaging, and I pray that they would continue as we just unpack this thing together. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. All right. So here's the cool thing. Like I said, it's this model of how we're supposed to pray fearlessly. Because how many people know if you're the king of a nation and there's another nation that's coming to wreck you, you might be a little fearful, especially if they're winning all of the other battles that they're in, right? If they're going through and just absolutely dominating all these other nations, even though you trust and believe in God, you might be a little scared, right? How many people would be a little freaked out? Yeah? honest. That's just a normal, that's just a normal thing. Hey guys, make sure we're all paying attention. So, what's up? Yeah. <laughs> Sennacherib. You know what? That's exactly, that, that's exactly it. So thank you for that. <laughs> So check this out. We're going to break down basically what Hezekiah prayed here, and we're going to just realize why it was so successful and so pivotal in how he was able to pray fearlessly. And this is the first thing. If you're taking notes or if you take mental notes, I want you to re uh, realize this. We have to, if we want to pray fearlessly, we have to recognize who God is. See, that's the first thing that Hezekiah did. The whole reason that his prayers were effective was because he knew God. He knew who he was, and he knew that God was not going to allow for them to be taken without warning or without reasoning. He knew that God had his hand over this nation, and he knew that if God didn't come through and say, hey, this is going to happen, because that happened throughout the Old Testament, where God would tell the kings and tell the leaders and tell the prophets, like, hey, actually, you're going to get overtaken, and you're going to be enslaved, and you're going to do, the, like, it's going to be bad. Like, he did that. But Hezekiah knew that God wasn't going to allow them to be defeated unless he had already planned and, and foresaw it and let him know as well. And so he comes with the right posture, okay? And, and again, if, you, if you're taking notes, I want you to write this. He had the right posture in how he prayed. He had humility, he had reverence, and he had authenticity. Everybody say humility, reverence, and authenticity. See, we can't expect to pray fearlessly. We can't expect to pray powerfully if we don't recognize who God is. It's the most foundational thing of of how we're supposed to pray, to recognize who God is. If we get this wrong, or we don't bother to recognize who God is, we're doing all of this wrong. All of it. We can't expect to pray this way without understanding who God is. We're wasting our time. Our relationship with the Lord and our posture and how we talk to Him is the foundation for seeing the change that we want to see in our lives and the lives of other people. It's foundational. We have to recognize who God is. Got a question for you. If it doesn't make sense, I understand, but I want to bring this, this, this idea to you. If you were going to ask your parents 
or your guardians or wh whoever you live with for money to go out or stay the night with a friend, but you don't respect them or you don't even recognize them as your parent, right? Many people ever made the mistake of calling your parent by the first name? Don't do that. Don't do that. Okay, absolutely don't do that. Not once, okay? I did it once when I ran out of toilet paper. Mom! Mom! Melissa! Ooh, that's not good. It was not a good day for me. All right, so I'm just saying. But imagine, imagine how crazy your parents would look at you if you never recognize them as your mom, your dad, your grandparent, your uncle, whatever they are to you, if you never recognize them, or if you never paid attention to them, or if you never did your chores, or if you never treated them with respect, right? You, you would you'd probably get smacked up a little bit, like, let's just be real. But, like, you would never get to do the things that you wanted to do, right? They would never listen to you if you're like, hey, I'm gonna, I want to do this, or I want to do this, or can I go out and do this? Like, if you don't recognize them first, Forget about asking for anything of them. You know what I mean? Here's the second thing that Hezekiah did that was so cool and is how we were supposed to pray fearlessly, all right? Everybody say number two. Number two, place God in front of your problems. You have to place God in front of your problems. Was Hezekiah worried about what the Assyrians were going to do? Probably. Probably. He was probably freaking out just a little bit about how everything was going to uh, unfold. He didn't know exactly what was going to happen. He's probably just a little bit scared. But ultimately, he knew that if he was, would, would bring God to the front of those problems, God was going to care for him and care for his nation, right? The cool thing about this prayer that, that he prays in 2 Kings is he's never concerned with, oh God, save our nation. He's never concerned with, oh God, save me as the king because I'm going to be the first one to die if something happens. That's not his, that's not his concern in prayer. What's his concern? Hey, they're going to come through and they've been wrecking all of these other gods and they're going to come through and they're going to try to tear your name down. And I don't want that. That was his prayer. You have to place God in front of your problems. He was more concerned with what Israel's defeat would do to God's character, how God was perceived by everyone, than how Hezekiah's reputation would hold up. He was more concerned with, God, how are people, how is the world going to see you if we get defeated, if we get overtaken? How is the world going to look at you as, as, as God? He never saw it of like, oh man, if we get overtaken, that's going to go down in the history books and that's just not a good look for me. Like I can't take another L. Like, you know, like that's how he, he you know, most people and especially in his position would have thought. But he knew that if he placed God's glory being at stake in front of his issues that he was facing in the short term, God would be faithful to answer long term for him. I imagine, man, what would it look like if we prayed for our friends, not so that they would come to youth to hang out with us on a Wednesday night because we want to hang out with them more, not that that's a bad thing, but what if we were actually concerned, like truly concerned with the fact that like hell is a real place and we don't want people to, to, to go there? Like there's a sense of urgency about it. Man, what would that look like? I think that God would honestly honor that even more than just, hey, I really want to hang out with my friend on Wednesday nights, and so, like, I'm just going to ask him to come to church, and if he accepts Jesus, then that's cool, because then I get to hang out with them more. That's not what we're about. 
That's not what Hezekiah was about. He, he could care less about the conflict of war or the conflict of battle or being defeated. He just was concerned about what that was going to do to God's reputation and how the world was going to perceive him. And we have to place God at the front of our issues. Here's what's really cool about when we do that, because a lot of times it doesn't make sense, right? For him to pray God's reputation as more of a concern than his own well-being or the well-being of his nation is kind of a weird thing. And this is a, an example that I read about that was really, really cool. And it kind of illustrates this thing of just going ahead and paying things forward. There was a, a Minnesota Dairy Queen. You're like, okay, we're talking about prayer, and now we're talking about Minnesota Dairy Queens. What the heck? But it made national news when there was a car that paid for the meal behind them. You guys have ever seen this happen before? Has that ever happened to you? Anybody has happened to you before? I always get nervous because I'm like, I'm going to get behind the minivan with 15 people, and it's going to be like $150 at a McDonald's, and like, I'm just I'm not ready for that. Like, I've seen people order 30 bucks of Taco Bell. Like, <laughs> I don't want to pay. You know, so it, it can be nerve-wracking. But anyway, there was a car that paid for the meal behind them, and then that car paid for the meal behind them, and then that car, and then the other car, and so on and so forth. Check this out. Over the course of three days, 900 cars had paid it forward. <laughs> right, the one dude who broke it. But think of that. One car said, I'm going to pay it forward. And then the car behind them said, I'm going to do the same. Three days later, over 900 cars were paying it forward at a Dairy Queen. And you might be looking at me and be like, okay, how does this make any sense? What would it look like if we paid forward glory and honor to God that he already deserves anyway, because we know that if we pay it forward like they did at the Minnesota Dairy Queens, that God is going to pay us back. And it's going to be even a greater reward than anything that we could do on our own. And what would happen? That's what Hezekiah does in this amazing model of a fearless prayer. The last thing here is this, and I'm, I'm, not, I'm not quite finished, but the last point that I have is this, that we have to have confidence in God. We have to recognize who he is. We have to place him at the front of our problems, but then we have to have confidence in him. Hey, uh, worship team, I'll let you guys know. I'm, I'm about, only about halfway. I'll let you guys know. Maybe not halfway, but you guys get it. Um, so Hezekiah recognizes God being the creator. He recognizes him as the one true God, right? He says it. You made the heaven and the earth. You, you created everything. You are the true God. It's not just you're not made of wood and stone. You're not man-made. You, you actually created everything. He knew that God was going to give them the victory because he knew all of the false gods that were around who had experienced defeat, that he was going to be different because of it. And Hezekiah had a close relationship with a guy named Isaiah. And Isaiah was the prophet. Anybody remember what prophet means? Uh, a little bit, yeah. What, is it, what does a prophet do? Who does he speak for? The Lord. the Lord. Exactly. A prophet speaks for the Lord. So he knew Isaiah. And Isaiah and him were really tight. And he was able to learn from Isaiah that he could approach God directly and, and seek him out. 
And it was that confidence that gave him the, the relationship that allowed him to approach him so boldly. He relied on God to come through. He had confidence in God. He knew what was going to happen. So how does this story, how does this prayer work as the, in the Bible as a whole? How, do, how does this thing tie in? Because a lot of times you can read the Old Testament and you're like, that's a really cool story. What do I do with it? Well, it's really interesting in Luke chapter 22 that Jesus, as he's praying in the garden before his death, he pleads, Father, if you're willing, take this cup from me, not my will, but your will be done. That's one of the most fearless prayers that I could imagine praying. I mean, Jesus knew that he was going to die. Jesus knew that he was going to uh, suffer, and it was going to be really gruesome, and he, it was going to be terrible. And he was like, hey, I really don't want this to happen, but, but like, it's not my will. It's your will. He had that self-sacrifice of, of understanding what he had to do, understanding where God uh, uh, what God was, was wanting to do for humanity. And he recognized that and placed it above even his own comfort. We can recognize that we should pray that God be glorified and look to make him known because he will make sure that what happened needs to happen in our lives will happen. So now if the worship team would, would like to come through, <laughs> I didn't want you guys to just be up there, be in the back, like waiting, all awkward. I know how that can be. Here's the thing. Everybody kind of focus in. I know sometimes it's like, oh, people are gone. Check this out. If you're wanting to be a praying saint, right, if you're wanting to be someone who wants to pray and pray fearlessly and pray passionately and actually see God begin to move because of your prayers, which I think completely is, is already happening, I think God is already beginning to, to stir this in our, in our youth group over the last couple of weeks. But if you're wanting to do that, you have to come with the right heart like Hezekiah did. You have to have the, the, the right motives because if you have ulterior motives, right, if you have a second plan, if you have something uh, that, that you're like, okay, well, I want this or I, I think that this could happen, then we have to, we, we have to understand that it's going to all hinder fearless prayers. Ulterior motives will always hinder fearless prayers. But if you do what the Father would ask of you, you can see exactly how he's going to take care of you. You can see the way that he begins to provide, the way that he holds you, the way that he, he, he comforts you, the way he guides you and leads you. But if you have ulterior motives, it's always going to, it's always going to feel like it's, it's a grind. It's always going to feel uh, like something's off. So you have to check your heart for anything that keeps you from being authentic. Because in this model, the whole reason that this, and I, I, I use this word, but it's not really this, because I know sometimes you can get weird. The reason why this formula that Hezekiah has, and again, don't, don't hear that like this is exactly how you should pray, and you should pray this way, because there's not really a formula to it. But it's a great model of, of how to, to model our prayers, to recognize who God is, to place him in front of, of all of our problems and place what, what, how he would be affected, right? If, you, if you're getting, if you're getting uh, made fun of or bullied for, for being a Christian ever, which I hope never happens, 
But if you ever face anything, what would it look like if you were more concerned about what they were saying about God more than what they were saying about you? If you begin to shift your heart in that way and begin to pray passionately, I believe that God would would just begin to use you to, to move and shift things in your community, in your school, in your neighborhood, some of you in your house. God wants to use you, but you have to be able to have the the right motivation and the, the, the right heart as you pray and as you seek him. So tonight with every head bowed and every eye closed, I just want, I just want you guys to to really think about this as we close this series up, to just really think through, am I I really more concerned about God than I am about myself? Am I really more concerned about how he's perceived with people? Am I like, do I really care? Or is is it just because they're coming after me because I'm a Christian? Am Am I more concerned with the things that, that I pray for because of how they affect me? Or do I really want to see God move in, in other people's lives? Tonight, if you would say, hey, I've kind of been praying this way. I've, I've been praying in a way that's really self-centered, that, that is around my comfort and my ideas and, and what how I'm perceived. If that's you, with nobody looking around, if that's you, would you just please raise your hand and say, you know what, I've, I've been praying in a way that's like more concerned about me. Thank you guys for your for your honesty and for just being honest and, and open and authentic. Thank you guys. Tonight, if you would say, hey, uh, really honestly, I don't even know like prayer all that well. And you talk about how to pray and all this stuff. Like I've never even talked to God. I recognize that that there are some people here who may have never had that that the the boldness or the opportunity or who've never taught about prayer. Man, if you have never prayed a, a prayer and talked to God, man, this is the best thing that you can do because this is how we actually begin to share our heart with God and he already knows it. But it's like being told that somebody loves you versus being shown that somebody loves you. It's kind of the same thing. Praying and talking with God is different than just saying, oh yeah, I do. Showing in action. If you never prayed, man, I would just encourage you over these next few moments as we pray, as we close, as we go into this time of worship and we have just a a time together to, to be in his presence that you would just seek him out you would come to one of one of the leaders. You would go to a friend and say, hey, man, I just need to pray. And maybe I've never done this before. And that's what we're about. We're a community. We're a family. That's what we do. Maybe that's you. I, I recognize that there's a, a, the gamut of, like, super comfortable with it, never done it before. So I would just encourage you in these next few moments as we as we begin to praise, we begin to worship, that you would just allow God to speak to you and that you would speak to him as well, that you would just have a conversation with him. I wanna close in prayer and then we'll go into, into a time of worship and just a time to seek after him. So, Lord, I thank you. 
for each and every student that's here. I thank you for providing for us in every circumstance. I have a simple prayer tonight. I have a simple prayer, and that is that we would just become better at prayer and not not in a thing of, of a metric that's graded, but Lord, that our hearts would just be more authentic, that our hearts would just be uh, more open to you, that we would just begin to to be more concerned with you and the things of your heart as opposed to how we feel or what we want. Give us the confidence and the boldness of Hezekiah who saw that you were bigger than the situation than the one that he found himself in. Lord, we want to be saints who fearlessly pray through even the most difficult of trials. We want to be prayer warriors. We want to be on the front lines praying for our friends, praying for our family, praying for our school, our community, our nation, our world. We want to be a youth ministry that is built and founded and rooted in prayer. So Lord, I pray over the, over the next few moments that you would help us to do that in whatever way you see fit. For some, it might be that they need to just talk and and unload all, all, everything to you because they've never talked to you. They've never given things up to you. For some, it's just a time to be quiet and hear from you. There's some students here who, who desperately need to hear from you. For some, it might be engaging and singing in worship. Lord, but we just believe that in these next few moments, you will just begin to help us to be more like Hezekiah to link our hearts to be more like you. We thank you. We just seal this time here in your word and we look forward to what you're gonna do in these next few moments. I thank you for your word. I thank you for these students. And I thank you for a worship team that will so boldly lead us into experiencing your presence even greater focusing our hearts in. We love you. We thank you. It's in Jesus' name that everyone says.